Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good afternoon to you. This is Patrick Timpone, and this is OneRadioNetwork.com. OneRadioNetwork.com. It's an honor to be here with you today, and we're on the air every day, oh, uh, Monday through Friday. Generally take Thursdays off around 10 o'clock or so. Hope you're having a nice day. It is the 8th of November, 2021. Our phone lines are always open, 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Our guest this afternoon is one of my heroes, and I really mean that, is Dr. Tom Cowan. He's been on the forefront of uh, debunking the germ theory for the past, what, 18 months, along with the work of Stefan Lanka, Andrew Kaufman. I'm sure you've seen him around. He's been here a few times. He has a new book out called Breaking the Spell, The Scientific Evidence for Ending the COVID Delusion. He's written a whole bunch of books. I guess this would be his seventh. His website says six, but I'm going to add it. He wrote The Contagion Myth, co-authored by Sally Fallon Morell. Uh, Cancer and the New Biology of Water, Human Heart, Cosmic Heart, Vaccines, Autoimmunity, and the Changing Nature of Childhood Illnesses, The Nourishing Traditions Book of Body, uh, Baby and Child Care. He was on the board. He was founding board member of the Weston A. Price, and uh, he has a bunch of really nice uh, powders, Dr. Cowan's Gardens, Dr. Cowan's Garden that we promote on One Radio Network, that I have a bunch of them on my counter. He went to Duke University, he lives with his wife, Linda, on a rural farmland now in upstate New York. And he has a, a, a couple barn cats that I saw that uh, one of them just got his first mouse, Dr. Cowan. So that was pretty exciting. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he was really excited. Was he really? <laughs> yeah, he was jumping up and down and couldn't, he was so full of himself. <laughs> and, I, and I saw in the video where he shared it with uh, his wife or girlfriend or sister fluffy a, a fluffy ah, his sister yeah do you, you have animals up there on your farm where you are three sheep six chickens and two kittens uh-huh and what are we going to do with the sheep sir they're mostly for manure and comic relief. <laughs> Isn't that right? Comic relief. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. And if you've ever had sheep, no, uh, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Would you? Are you have a mind or the? Well, I won't even go there. Um, before we get into the book, uh, this new book uh, called "Breaking the Spell." the scientific evidence for ending the COVID delusion. What have you, how have you changed yourself, Tom Cowan, over the last 18 months digging into this whole germ theory thing? How, how have you changed? Uh, you know, it's interesting, Patrick, because I, I don't know that it's the answer to how I've changed, but... I can I can say that um, uh, w- one of the ways my thinking has changed is in the, you know most of this time in the past eighteen months to a certain extent I haven't appreciated that 
actually we are in a global pandemic or a worldwide pandemic and i'm not sure that i was able to see it or articulate it as well as i think i can now hmm. um and obviously i took me a lot to come into to come to that conclusion and let me just flesh that out because I don't mean a global or a worldwide pandemic of a virus. And I don't mean a worldwide pandemic because of a sickness. I mean, we are in a worse uh, worldwide pandemic, one that, I mean, I don't want to be hysterical or, or, or a reactionary here, <laughs> but actually threatens uh, humanity. And that is, uh, we are in a situation where the, the single most important gift we have been given by, I would say, our creator, the most, maybe the most precious thing we have is our ability to think. Hmm. In other words, to see like facts, uh, to make observations, to understand the thinking process, and then change the way we see the world and our actions based on what we experience and what we think. And it seems to me that that is being lost, if not has been lost, at a shocking and unprecedented and I would actually say to a pandemic level. Now, just imagine if you're an animal like the sheep or the kittens or whoever, and you no longer trust and are willing to act on what you experience. Hmm. In other words, you smell a coyote and you say, well, Joe Biden says there's no coyotes here or Trump says there are coyotes, right. or my friend uh, says there are coyotes, some only between April and, and November. And I looked here and it's December, so there can't be a coyote. You, you the animal, would be dead. <laughs> right? Yes, sir. I hear you. Because you can't trust what you see or smell or experience. And, and same with the kittens, they would be dead. And imagine uh, humans who can't trust their experience or hear or experience something with their own eyes or ears or mouth, and they can't make a decision based on that. They can't think about whether that's actually true or not and they can't therefore act on that 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 is a a untenable situation and that is exactly where we are we are in a situation where facts don't matter observations don't matter we believe what we believe based on the group that we are in my group believes this my the other group believes that Nobody has any idea of why they even 
believe what they believe. And they seem, most people, many people, seem to think that doesn't actually matter. Now, I would say that that comes as close as you can get to the definition of a cult. Because people in a cult, they uh, have complex psychological and emotional reasons for being there, usually because there's a sense of belonging and a sense of security and a sense of meaning in their life. So there's very, quote, good reasons why they do that. But the bargain that they make is they give up the ability to think and to make decisions in their life based on what they experience and what they think about it. And so the guru says, whoever the guru happens to be, this is the way reality is, and so that's what they believe. Yes. Now, here's the interesting question. You know how all cults end? Badly. In suicide. Yeah. Right? James, uh, Jim Jones and the whole, that whole story. They all do. They either get killed in a burst of glory, so to speak, or they end up uh, killing themselves because, uh, well, it's complicated why, but I think the reason is, is because that's such a uh, horrible situation for one's soul to be in. It's anti-human to not believe your own instincts and to not be able to think and make decisions about how you want to live your life based on what you experience. Yes, sir. That is soul-crushing. And so I think your, your soul leads you to, this is not worth it. And that's very tragic, obviously, because you, you, you're, you're in that people in that situation are so determined to be to remain a part of it. They literally will do just about anything to remain a part of that mindset, obviously, because it fulfills certain needs like belonging and security and a whole lot of other things. And so it's very, it's very discouraging because that's the situation we find ourselves in. Now, I have, you know, in response to this, in the 18 months, have tried to make the case using observations and actual thinking that there can't possibly be a virus. And... I think if anybody examines the evidence and is willing to think for themselves, and I can go into the details, they would come to the same conclusion. This isn't a intellectual conundrum. This is a problem of of deciding, choosing not to think. That's the issue, not the, the details of what I'm saying. Yes, sir. Now, it turns out uh, that people respond by saying very interesting things, like, how could all the virologists be wrong? 
How could all the origin of life people be wrong? How could all the cell biologists be wrong? That's what they say, which interestingly is an, a tacit admission. I'm not willing to think I'm deciding based on what? A consensus or a vote, right? That because 98% of virologists say such and such, it must be true. It's again, an admission of, I'm not willing to understand the logic or the reason or the facts. I'm not willing to think. I'm just gonna say, if everybody believes it, then I do. Now, but the question remains, how could they all be wrong? So here's the answer. If you start with an assumption that life is no different than non-life, which I would love to see the double-blind study that proves that, that there is nothing called life. There is no creative energy. There's no energy field. There's no morphogenic resonance. There's no intelligence beyond cre the creation of a living organism. There's just the random collection of, uh, of inanimate molecules colliding, and somehow that makes a turkey. <laughs> or a virus. Or a virus. Without any explanation of how that could possibly come about. And since they, we all believe that by consensus, and nobody is allowed to challenge that, every single experiment and conclusion that's derived from that false assumption is also inaccurate. Every single one. And so that's how this came about. And, you know, we can keep going this way, and I have a sense of where it ends up, because that's where all cults end up. That's where all, I called it a spell, uh, that's similar. Uh, they all end up in tragedy, death, destruction, and that's where we're heading. Hmm. It's almost as if, God or spirit or whatever you want to call it created this for souls to wake up so they have a choice to think their way through it or to just believe the the illusion maybe I don't know <laughs> yeah. yeah could be could be I mean yeah but from the point of view that it's so stark like you can get away with doing life, you know, so you believe that uh, the way that money is created is reasonable, right? right. So that's, you, and anyways, you have enough money and you can pay your mortgage and you can buy food and you don't have to worry about it. And so nobody, you know, has not nobody, everybody has trouble because of that. Right. Yes, sir. Everybody has trouble because they believe, you know, the 9-11 story 
right? And then they do the Patriot Act and make you take off your shoes and, you know, and all that stuff, right? We, we all have trouble and they surveil you and, and watch your emails and everybody has trouble. But, yeah, you know, you can live and you can get by and you can buy food and you can go to the store and you can have Thanksgiving dinner. And what's what's your problem? If you don't, if you don't break the law, so, you know, so it's a sort of fascist place, you know. You're okay. You're okay. But now, uh, apparently, those things didn't work if you want to take the point of view of the spiritual world. Yes, sir. Like, what do we have to do? We have to, like, actually, like in Australia, put you in prison. So you can't go out of your house. You have to suffocate yourself. You have to live your life in fear. You have to get injected with toxic stuff, which they won't even tell you what's in it. Or you may not be able to, like the premier of Victoria, I guess, said, we, you may not be able to buy groceries. Yes. We're going to starve your ass. Well, now you've got to decide. And now the, the stakes are really high. Because the possibilities of what you can do if you inject biosensors in people and monitor their behavior and monitor their biometrics and see whether they're complying with their prescribed diet, you know, then you've got a whole lot of things which may not feel so good. And it becomes real to you that you're losing your what it means to be human. Now, if you're okay with that, there you go. Yeah. It's a real spiritual thing going on i mean i it, it just it feels to me that spirit or whatever god or whatever you want to call it is going to keep moving to do the things in australia and that until i don't know until people wake up maybe they don't wake up you know patrick it's it's like there's a lot of analogies here, but when you when you when you're in a relationship with anybody, yeah, right? Right. And things aren't going well because you see the world differently. You you get to this you get to the point and you say, you know, well, this is somebody you love, somebody who's in your family, a dear friend, somebody in a community, your group, and there's something interestingly that compels you to fight. Right. Like you say to yourself, you know, like what in in my divorce, you say, I'm not going to fight. I'm just I'm going to, you know, I real. And yet. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's something in us, something in that interaction between this two people or group of people that inevitably it becomes an explosion. Right? Yes, sir. That's what happens. Generally. You cannot get around it. No matter how much you think, I'm going to be good, I'm not going to say this, I'm not going to get into it, I'm not going to get into the drama, it always happens sooner or later. Why? Because your soul can't tolerate that. 
it needs to get the truth out wherever that may lead so that you can take the next step for your development. Move forward. You have to move forward. And so if you try, like, I'm just not going to pay attention. I'm not going to, I, you know, so they won't let me get out of my house. They won't let me do this. They won't let me do that. I'm just not going to pay any attention. I'm just going to do it because eventually it it has this corrosive effect and you either have to explode or you lose your soul and that's where we're at so you're right if if i was you know the spiritual world and making a format for for like this can't go on like this this is kind of how i would do it I didn't do that, by the way. Hmm. Uh, I was not the architect of this. Uh, nobody asked me, and I don't have the ability to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Thomas Cowan is with us, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. So as soul, souls, who we are, spiritual beings, sparks of God, if you will, I mean, the... The only thing we have is the ability to think. This, I mean, this is to focus on something, and we use the mind and thought to do that, right? I mean, and if we don't, if we're not thinking through it and really looking at things as they are and not as other people are telling us, then we have kind of lost who we are. And then, then we'll get sick. Yes, and that's why all cults, uh, they take away your uh, family connection. Yes, sir. They humiliate you, shame you, denigrate you, so that it becomes more important to belong than to think. Because it turns out it's Hmm. hard to get people not to think. Because it's really what separates us it's it's essentially why there is our human beings so we can think uh, thinking as a spiritual activity to see the world yes and we are loath to give that up but we will if it means with a whole lot of shame humiliation fear threats isolation scared all the things that are the the well used strategies all of which are being done to us in spades and then it's you know has been successful and so that's the worldwide pandemic right there everybody's got it every country every country every person we all and 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 you you hear the rational thinking about the virus for instance that's just one thing you you hear that's what i wrote this booklet okay we know it is not rational to say a lot of people get sick therefore it's a virus right that is irrational illogical anti-scientific thinking okay then you say it is a fact, not a theory. 
it's a fact, not a theory, that there is no published case of anything you could call a pathogenic virus found in any bodily fluid of any human being, ever. Wow. Now, that's a fact. How do I know? Well, there, I know there's no published papers. I know uh, now 135 different health institutions around the world have said we have no record of that with SARS-CoV-2 or any of the other pathogenic viruses. We're talking about Serbian Health Ministry, Ontario, California, New York, CDC, NIH, all of them have said in writing, we have no example of SARS-CoV-2, that's the virus, being found in any bodily fluid of anybody who's sick. The virologists agree with that. They have said in writing to, and to me personally, even if you put up 10,000 people together and look through their sputum, all who have supposed COVID-19, you will not find one SARS-CoV-2, SARS, uh, SARS-CoV-2, not one. Just not there. Why is that? Why, why is that? They say you have to culture the virus in order to find it because you cannot find it. Now, here's what I want somebody to answer me who can think. <laughs> A culture means you take unpurified snot and you mix it in a test tube with fetal calf serum, antibiotics, take away the, the nutrients put in with uh, Vero cells, which are monkey kidney cells. And then they say the, the, monk, the virus in the snot, right? It's not just a virus. It's just unpurified snot will kill the monkey kidney cells. And that's how we know there's a virus. And then we can see the virus, right? That's how they do it. Now we proved, and it's written in the book, we did the whole experiment, except we didn't add anything from anybody with SARS-CoV-2, no virus, and the monkey kidney cell died in exactly the same way, proving that it wasn't the, the, the virus in the snot that did it, it was the experiment that did it. Did it means kill the monkey kidney cells. Yes, sir. And that is the proof. Now, here's what I want somebody to answer me. Because they say, oh, well, Tom doesn't understand that the viral culture is the gold standard of virology. So what is a viral infection according to standard virologists? So you get this virus, right, which you can't see. It gets into your tissues like your lungs. It grows as if it's in a culture. It makes millions of copies of itself. And that's why you get sick, because it bursts your cells. And then it gets spewed out into the world to infect the, other, the next person. That's viral theory in a nutshell. Wow. That is a viral culture. What is the difference between that, that so-called infection and doing that in a test tube? 
There is no difference, except that why can't you find it in the person's lungs? If you can find it in a test tube, and all you're doing is growing the, quote, virus on tissue, and in your lungs, you're growing the, quote, virus in your lungs, why can't you find it? And you know what the answer is? It's not there. Well, there is no answer. <laughs> and yes, the only possible explanation of anybody who's willing to think is it's not there. Just. And there is no other explanation. And if you don't see that, if you insist that the viral culture is a actual scientific experiment, and without answering that question I just posed, I would submit you have reneged on your ability to think. You have just said it doesn't matter what the facts and the logic and the reason and the science is. I am simply not going to think. Hmm. Because most people don't believe it because Joe Blow doesn't believe it, because how can we convince the people that it's true, because Tom is divisive and causing trouble, <laughs> because there's only three people who think this, because I don't know what reason. Yes, sir. So this idea that we catch the flu or we catch a cold and the germ theory, this is really the crux of the this this belief that's so ingrained in in our souls for 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 a long time, right? I mean, it's just there. Deliberately, they, they don't want to give. So up, yeah, they don't want to get up. Thinking, yeah. you end up thinking things which you have no personal experience, and if you examine the logic and the reason and the science, make no sense. And there you go. So then you end up thinking, why do you believe this? Ask people, everybody listening, ask everybody you know, ask your medical doctor. Tell me how you know there's a virus and that it causes disease. They won't know. Even the people who are leading the movement against vaccines, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know because they seemingly have reneged on their right to think. It's a real and that is yeah. that is the disease. That's the and disease. And that disease that's going ends on. in tragedy. Hmm. Always. So this when you in breaking the spell in this booklet do you go through Lanka's work and your work and how you, you actually proved the thing with the with the cultures? Did you go through is that part of it? Yes. I mean mm -hmm. I don't I'm not a virologist. Sure. If you ask Stefan if he is, he says that's a meaningless <laughs> term. Uh, I don't want to be one of it's those. It's not a science. Huh. Virology is not a science. It's a superstition. Wow. Wow. So here's the three are the three legs of virology. 
One, you do a viral culture, you get a cytopathic effect, meaning the cells break down. That's called isolation of the virus in this bizarre use of the English language. How that process of taking unpurified snot, mixing it with fetal calf serum, taking away the nutrients, adding poisons, the tissue breaks down into millions of little particles, and you call that isolation of the virus. That is a bizarre use of the English language or any language, which is why words are important. That is not isolation. So that's the first leg. We've proved with Lanka's Stefan's experiment that that's not true. Hmm. And it's not the first time. The second leg is once you get this breakdown, you say you see these little particles, those are the viruses. So the CDC has said since the 70s that those identical particles were there in the 70s, identical. There is no way that anybody can say that those particles, which they show you arrows, are actually a SARS-CoV-2 because there is no way any virologist can distinguish an, a so-called virus from the outside versus the breakdown of your own tissues. There is no way they admit it, they say it in writing, there is no possible way that they can identify that as a virus. That's the second leg. The third leg is they have this mixture of stuff with all this genetic material, RNA, DNA from, from you and from microbes in your lung and fungus and all this debris and from the fetal calf serum. There is no genome of SARS-CoV-2 in there. So how do they make it? How do they claim there's a genome? They take those little pieces, chop them up, put it into the computer. They, give, they say, here, make this genome. And it does, sort of. They fill in the pieces and they say they found the genome. We proved, we being Stefan, that if you put yeast RNA in that, in that mixture, no virus was ever in there. No, but nothing from anybody with COVID-19 was ever in there. We found the genome in exactly the same way they did. And there it is, SARS-CoV-2 genome. Except there was never any SARS-CoV-2 virus in there. And we can find any RNA virus you want in that mixture because if you understand the process called next generation metagenomic unbiased sequencing, you know that you can make any sequence you want as long as you put the template in there. It, because the rule of life is if you've never found the thing you're looking for, you cannot take little pieces of it and arrange those somehow to find the thing if you've never seen the thing there is no situation in life where that can be done <laughs> it and so the entire edifice of, of virology is proven to be 
a misconception and basically a superstition and believed by people because they've decided they're not going to think rationally about this. Yes, sir. So, if we would take away the idea that we catch something, you know, with the Ender's work that you've talked about through the air that does not happen, the whole thing would fall apart. So, you can understand why they, whoever they are, are holding on to it so strongly. Vaccines, everything. Mayo Clinic, I mean, the, the whole, whole thing the whole, falls apart. The whole thing just implodes. Boom. Gone. Yes. yes. All you have to do is change you don't even have to change the way you think. You just have to decide, hmm. choose to think. <laughs> and choose to think, I'm going to examine the facts as best I can. Or you could say, I don't understand these facts, and so I'm just not going to have an opinion. Right. Right? You could do that. You could do that. Like, I do that with carburetors. <laughs> I don't understand carburetors. I don't want to hear about it. I'm not going to spend 500 pages reading about carburetors. And I will never tell anybody to, they better fix their carburetor or I'm going to lock them up in prison. I'm not going to do that because I don't get carburetors and I don't even want to get. Yes. We're not talking about carburetors or daffodils. We're talking about something that is locking the whole world up in prison. That it seems that some people should take an interest in how that works. Yes, sir. But they don't. And personally, I think I was actually Go Patrick. Yes, I sir. was uh, called by a guy. I think he's do, for doing a story on me for BuzzFeed. Oh, what an idiot I am! A BuzzFeed. Well, yeah. And so, you, you know, he's a science writer, right? He's the guy who's responsible for asking scientists questions, apparently has a PhD. So I asked him, how do you know if there's a virus and that it causes disease? Uh -huh. He says, well, there's a consensus among scientists that that's the case. So I said, so you took a poll, and 98% said yes, so that means it's true. <laughs> well, no, of course not. So how do, how do you do it? You know what he said? What do you say? He had no idea. No. You're a pretty brave guy going with BuzzFeed. Well, this, Doc, in my opinion, this is what's happening with global warming. I mean, the same thing, right? Man-made global warming. It's the same... The same drill. It's the same with a lot of things. You yes. can you can go, but this one is hitting home. Yeah. Well, because because whatever reason, but that's that's inexorably what happens if you choose not to think, and if you choose to have relationships that you know aren't working because it doesn't meet your soul's requirement. There's something in human beings that have to make it worse. It's like the it's like the alcoholic thing, right? They have to make it worse so that they can hit rock bottom, so that they can have a stark choice in front of them. You're either going to get this or you're going to die. Yeah. And yeah. so 
all these other things they didn't do that yeah i'm gonna go on you know whatever you know it doesn't affect me i just take my shoes off at tsa and i'm good yeah yeah this one can't go to the store can't buy food can't go out of your house oh well it'll end in a year five months and up delta variant up the vaccines lose their effectiveness up that's how the game is played you get it a little better you get a little worse and if we look at it from a spiritual perspective which i do spirit's way of wanting to wake souls up which i believe that's what's going on i could be wrong it's not going to end because no not that many people are waking up some people are lots but not going to end they'll just keep going We'll see. Wow. It, that's just that seems to be the law of the soul is yeah. you keep going. <laughs> you until, just can't take it anymore. <laughs> until you hit rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got a choice. Yeah. I mean, I didn't make that rule up. I no. maybe wish it wasn't the case <laughs> or it is. I don't know. I don't have an opinion about that. <laughs> but that's the way I that's what I've seen. And, you know, sometimes we can go by and skirt it and try to use all kind of defense mechanisms to avoid it. But it, it, it happens anyways, because soul wants you to heal. Yes, sir. Your soul wants you to think and be a whole human being. And if you're not willing to do it, it's going to mess you up. <laughs> it's going to not end well. <laughs> Yes, sir. I, I think I think you're on it. No, I, that's what it feels like to me. But what do I know? Either Dr. Tom Cowan is with us. DrTomCowan.com. You can get his book, uh, Breaking the Spell: The Scientific um, Evidence for Ending the COVID Delusion, on DrTomCowan.com. Before we go, can we? I watched that video that you put out about what the cells really are, and this really harkens back to the idea of what we see is really not the way it is. And you, you, you've gone through that. And, but I would like to understand a little bit more in simplistic terms. You went through it and we, we had the video and we played it a few times where everything that they put on the, in medical school, the ribosomes and this and the DNA and the blood-brain barrier, none of that is true. It's... None of it. <laughs> Are the cells kind of made up of this gooey fourth phase of water thing that you've talked about in Pollock and similar? Yes. Yeah, and Gilbert Ling demonstrated that very clearly. He did a lot of work specifically, which I'm going to, we're doing this COVID miss for this Saturday. Uh-huh. He did a specifically, you know, a 200, it was, it's the same story like a 200-page manual proving that the sodium-potassium pump can't possibly exist. Even from the standpoint of the energetics, you know, they say in order to pump this much sodium out and that much potassium in, you need this much ATP. So he ran the numbers and he said, look, there's 30 times more ATP just for running the pump than is available to the cell. So it can't be. It's like you have a mortgage of, of 30000 a month and you make $1,000 a month salary. You can't pay it. And the 
his, you know, advisor or whatever reads it and says, you're right, you shouldn't publish it because they'll crucify you. That's what we have in, as, that passes for science. So when you talked about the idea that this gel-like material that we believe is what's going on, that you believe is this is what's happening, that this gets toxic from toxic thoughts or chemicals or whatever, and then when we put heat with a fever or saunas in that, that it actually cleanses it out. You think this is what's going on? That is what we call an acute illness. Ah, got yeah. a toxic grape in yep. your jello, <laughs> and you got to get it out. And so you melt the jello, and we call that fever. And then the jello runs out, and we call that mucus. <laughs> and you cough it out, and then you uh, get rid of it, and then you reconstitute your jello, and then you're fine. And unfortunately, that simple, precise, rational, scientific way of thinking is not accepted for God knows what reason, and <laughs> we call it a viral infection. Ah. Even though we can't find a virus, and we can't prove that even the whole theory makes any sense at all. But doesn't matter, because that's what we think. So when we're in pain or discomfort, we're healing. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Like the German New Medicine model, they talk about it. The German New Medicine yeah. people, yeah. We're healing. Yes. Your body is redirecting the substance and the energy and the flow so that it can create a more perfect you. A more perfect and you. we've decided we don't want a more perfect you. <laughs> We're scared of that. But perhaps we came here to learn to be a more perfect us. We did, but you can thwart it. <laughs> That's right. You can thwart it. So what about the idea that Grandpa had this and Dad had this and you have this genetic thing. Is that all made up too? Nobody can even define what a gene is. Really? Genes are, like everything in physical matter, are in flux. Mm -hmm. They change all the time, uh, constantly. The whole theory, even that genes make proteins that make you, is nonsense because there's 200,000 or so proteins and only 20,000 genes. So what, where are the other 180,000 made? And anyways, they say that the DNA is in the nucleus and the RNA is transcribed in the nucleus into RNA. How does the RNA get out of the nucleus? They say, uh, because they know that the pH from the cytoplasm in the nucleus it is different. Therefore, the hydrogen ions can't go back and forth across the nuclear membrane. And an RNA is thousands of times bigger than a hydrogen atom. So it's like, how do you get a door that lets an elephant in and out and at the same time keeps out mosquitoes? 
I don't know. Neither did, does anybody else. And the only answer is there is no door and the elephants aren't in the nucleus. In which case, where does it come from? And if there's no ribosomes, which there aren't, because you can't have perfect circles that represent anything real in a three-dimensional living system. And there are, that's where all the pictures of the ribosomes are. And I, I know I, that's a short version. I need to get into that more. But huh. if anybody is interested, just read Harold Hillman, and he will convince you at 100 pages, if you're willing to think, that all these subcellular organelles, the things inside a cell, are basically make-believe. Because, you know, one of the things they had to do was basically dehydrate the cell. They had to smash it up in a blender. They had to freeze it or dye it or stain it. And they have this theory that none of those change what you're looking at. I mean, that's like you have a Volkswagen and you hit it. It's an old one. So you have a wrecking ball and you smash it to smithereens. And then you make up a theory of how amazing this car is that it can drive with a steering wheel in the back seat. The steering wheel wasn't in the back seat in the real car. But because you smashed it with a wrecking ball and you changed everything, now it's in the back seat. And then you can you can spend however many years you want studying how you can make a car drive with the steering wheel in the back seat, and none of it means anything. So, what does this mean for us? Or we have these bodies understanding more clearly what the cells really are. What is this? What's our take home from this? How do we gain? Game. We don't need to worry about what cells are. We don't have to even, doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. It's, we are basically uh, energy systems interacting with water with some stuff in it uh, that <laughs> your body will make into you if you give it half a chance. And you stop thinking delusional thoughts. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So do you think when we have delusional thoughts about this and that, blood-brain barrier, DNA, or whatever, that it's clogging up the works? It yeah. Mu- it must, right? Yeah, it's del- you're, you're basically delusional. <laughs> and it's in the body at that moment. It must be. Yeah, because we, you know, it, it's like it says in the Bible, the Word was made flesh. Yes, sir. So your word, your conception of reality becomes your flesh. And if it's in error, it's if it's what I call delusional or because you're under a spell. And so you believe it and you don't know why you believe it. You just believe it. Then you will make that into your flesh. And that is intolerable for your spirit. So deep down, soul kind of knows this and wants to try to figure out to give you experiences so you wake up and smell the coffee kind of thing. Yes, and you rearrange yourself to be a more perfect you. Hmm. Pretty cool. That's the game. That's the game, huh? Because that's the game we're playing. 
But you have to understand the game. You have to know that you're playing a game. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't know we're even playing a game. <laughs> we spent a lot don't of years. Know anything. <laughs> we spent a lot of years not knowing we were playing the game, right? Right. Wow. And I can tell you, if you're playing a game with somebody who knows the rules of the game, mm. and you don't know there's a game, you know what happens? Not good. They win, you lose. Mm. That's what we have. They know the rules of the game. Yes, sir. We, do, we don't even know we're in a game. <laughs> you, you have no chance. <laughs> we have no chance. Oh, God. So, you know, you look back, I, I, like, I look, look back and, you know, this idea, Dr. Cowan, of, of not believing what we see, right? It's really fascinating, isn't it? I mean, there's no dead bodies, you know, no pandemic, and you look at the numbers at the CDC, they don't work, but they, you believe the news. I go back to, I remember, and you look at the Zapruder film, and you like, watch Kennedy, and his head goes back on the last shot, right? Boom. Shot from the front. To this day, it was still Lee Harvey Oswald, right? Or two planes going the you know two planes going the nine eleven and two buildings fall down, and you could see that it was not two two planes. So you can just see it. I don't know, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, facts don't matter. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. No, no. It was you know it was just facts don't matter. So it's like forces have been trying to train us for a long time not to believe what we think or what we feel or what we know to be true as soul, but what we tell you. This is yes. what we tell you. That's the game. We are the authority. Just believe. That's the game. Believe the news. Believe Fauci. Believe whatever. That's the game. Whoa. So, I'm sure there's listeners right now going, well, okay, well, how do I wake up? Do you have any tips? Try thinking. <laughs> try thinking. <try. laughs> Try thinking. So, does the DNA matter at all, except to if they can tell if you committed a murder or not, and they collect your DNA? Yeah, I mean, for all practical purposes, people mean, should absolutely forget about that. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. So, are we down pretty much to know that we create diseases through? toxic thoughts, materials, whatever, and it kind of goops up the, the gel. That's pretty much where we're at? That's it. Wow. So is heat pretty pretty interesting then to you? The saunas and fevers or sweat lodges? I mean, that's one way of, of getting clarifying your gels so you can have a new start. Uh-huh. I mean, there's other ways, and it would be better not to have to do that every day, right? Uh -huh. To not live in a world where, oh my God, it's this coming from the air and the water and right. the spraying, right. and the, you know, on and on and on and on. Yes, sir. How much do you believe the idea that we believe that something sprayed out of the air, like a chemtrail, which may not even exist, you know, we don't even know, affects the body how much you know have you given that some thought you mean whether you believe it that makes it real yes sir i mean 
To a certain extent, yes. But also, I, I actually believe that you can poison people, whether they believe it or not, it still poisons them. You don't believe me, go get bit by a snake and right. see what happens, right. whether you believe it or not. But big picture, Dr. Cowan, don't we, do we not have to really have this stuff go inside of us through an injection or a snake bite or a dog bite with you, rabies, you pretty much? You can be resistant. I, what you're talking about is the, the clearer you are in your thinking and in your soul. Yes, sir. And in your water, the more resistant you are to what the whatevers they're going to throw at you. You think that's true? That's for sure. Yeah, I believe yes. so. With even 5G, so, maybe. And that right? includes your thinking and your soul life and, you know, your water and your food and everything. You become more resistant. It just like... You know, the stronger you are, the harder you are to kill. <laughs> and if you're weak, you're easier to kill. Yeah, yeah. Most Americans are weak and can't even, like, lift their body weight practically. Yeah. We learned about uh, Vita Austin on your show, and uh, and we had her on the air. That whole water thing, that's pretty cool, right? Wow. Yeah. Really interesting. I was thinking about that, and I was starting to put books underneath my pillow, and I'm thinking that I could just kind of get some from that too. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Worth a try. Yeah. Um, couple emails, and then we'll let you go. Joyce writes in: With the jabs being anywhere from being pure saline to garbage, I heard that there is about four from each company. Who is recording all this data, or do they? Or do they just make it up? I have no idea. Yeah. <clears throat> um, would you please talk about shedding, writes Carol. I continue to have a reaction after massaging jabbed people. My eyes and face feel as if they were having continuous hot flashes for months now. It only happened after having my hands on them. Yeah, there may be some sort of resonance transference or it's hard to know. I mean, yeah. Andy has tried to look at this and there is some evidence, but it's, you know, nobody really knows these things. We don't really, really know. Um, I've heard you mention tuning forks in regard to glaucoma and cataracts. Which frequency would you try? Do you think it would be helpful for the optic nerve damage? This is Christopher. I mean, from I don't, I don't know enough about tuning forks to even begin to answer that. But I would look at uh, uh, Eileen McCusick's work and biofield tuning, and she's the expert on tuning forks. Uh -huh. So, Doctor Common, where do you go from here, other than watching your cat eat a mouse? So, yeah, I go out in a couple hours and put some more hay in the thing and. <laughs> And uh, I think uh, pumpkin's going to have uh, ground, grass-fed uh, beef and liver, and maybe one more shrimp tonight. Whoa. We got one more shrimp. Wow, that yeah, he eats well. He eats well. And then, then I hold him, and then I fight with him a little bit. He likes that. I, I, and then I'll just wake up and see what to do tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. As far as your work, what do you do? You have an idea of where you're going now with what you 
this work. Of, I, am, of, I am committed to debunking as much of modern biology and medical science as I'm capable of doing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know where that's going to yeah. go yet, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, but we'll see. Well, it's an honor to talk to you. Thanks for spending some time with us. I said this okay, before the show, and you are one of my heroes, you know. you know. You, I hope you know that. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of heroes. I know. Well, you. I'm just saying that because I really, I really love you and uh, appreciate your work, and I love the way you think. So thank you. you All right, Patrick. You take care take of yourself, care. sir. Thank you. Dr. Okay. Tom Cowan, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, it's the, he's the real deal, and... Uh, yeah, it's a real interesting thing what we have going on here. We are going to take the day off tomorrow just because um, just because we have a couple personal things to do. And uh, we'll be back uh, on Wednesday at 10 o'clock. And uh, hope you enjoyed the show with Dr. Colin. I think he's just brilliant. And so, you know, do with it what you will. Uh, get the book called Breaking the Spell, Scientific evidence for ending the COVID delusion and that's at drtomcowan.com so I love you all very much we didn't do any commercials today because I didn't feel like it so uh, please go to our website if you have some dollars that you have extra or that you'd want to spend on something we've got some really really nice products just go on our website you see them all on the front page click and boom and uh, you just go there in our store and you find what you want. Let me know if I can help with anything. My uh, email is patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Lots to talk about, and we will do it tomorrow. Not tomorrow, but Wednesday at 10 o'clock. I love you all. Take care, and uh, may the blessings be. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is oneradionetwork.com.